Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I am your host, Rafe Houston, and today I am joined by a very special and very terrifying guest. He is the Snuff King. It is Snuff Daddy Gore. How are you today, my friend? Good, mate. Pretty good. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, I interrupted Gore. He was in the middle of uh, eating a meal. I'm sure it was a victim of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> something more brutal and metal than any of us could imagine. So uh, I hope you're having a nice evening today, sir. Yeah, it is nice. <laughs> exactly right. So uh, with full uh, disclosure to everybody, this is the second time I have uh, interviewed Gore after all my equipment betrayed me last time. So we're just going to crank straight into it here and uh, and knock this out for him. So, bro, when we started, we briefly talked about um, your first exposure to professional wrestling and you were saying it was more based around like your brother right like and he was more the wrestle head than yourself yeah i was never that much uh into wrestling till <laughs> I, I sort of watched it growing up and thought it was cool then fell out of love with it around I don't know, early 90s and got back into it with um of course the attitude era yeah then fell out of it and got more into martial arts and started heading down that path but um, Alex Crackerjack and my other brother Logan were always into it the whole time. They continued to wrestle. Yeah. But it wasn't until I was sort of done with um, competing in mixed martial arts that I could wrestle. Yeah, absolutely. When you think back to when you were into it, um, what was some of the stuff that used to grab you? Um, jacked up dudes. <laughs> kicking the fuck out of other people. <laughs> <laughs> so really you've uh, fulfilled your childhood dream by uh, doing that full time now? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what um, uh, what were you? What were your summer? Your favourite jacked up dudes, man? Uh really like Legion of Doom. Oh, same man. They were huge for me. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, Demolition. Yeah. <laughs> Always like Demolition. Exactly. So big into the tag teams and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They were the more, um, I guess, outrageous characters. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I always tell the story. I remember, um, like, first being exposed to wrestling was through this magazine I got at school. I've, I've told the story a bunch of times, but the first time I saw Legion of Doom was, you know, there used to be wrestling sections in video stores when VHSs were a thing, and I, I walked along the racks and stuff, and I don't remember what it was, whether it was a Legion of Doom special or something, but there was one with just both of them, you know, on the front with the shoulder pads screaming at the camera, and I was like, who the fuck are these guys and about it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I guess that's um, like what got my attention to fucking jacked up dudes who could, you know, move convincingly and look the part as well. Mm -hmm. You know, scary. Yeah, exactly. You ever catch any of their stuff like in Japan when they were like literally just tearing that place apart? Yeah, I've watched a lot of that stuff, but um, only when I've gotten back into wrestling mm -hmm. actively. I, yeah. I didn't get to watch any of that kind of stuff. Just whatever video still had. It was just a couple of um, yeah. WWF tapes. Mm -hmm. I was exactly the same because I, I grew up like in a, a country town, so I wasn't like even in Perth, you know, and there was just no exposure to it, you know, when I was a kid. So I had no access to any of that stuff. And it was only through going back like now and kind of catching what I could that I've even seen it. But uh, I'm sure young me would have been, had I been exposed to like New Japan and All Japan when I was a kid, like it would have blown my mind. Now, um, before we did this interview, I got a chance to check out the best name pay-per-view 
uh, in the world, not here to fuck spiders, and caught your match with Richie Taylor, which was quite a technical classic, um, which I think surprised... Uh, well, it definitely surprised me because um, I wasn't aware of that part of your background. Were you always, um, once you got into that, a bit more into the technical aspects? Well, coming from um, like mixed martial arts and competing in freestyle wrestling most recently, like that's uh, what I like watching now. Chain wrestling, guys like in Steve Williams, the Steiners, um, Benoit, Tiger Mask, all those guys, you know, the technical wrestlers. Yeah. Which you don't get to do much of these days because not many people either can or want to do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Richie's a really good wrestler, like really technical wrestler. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome to actually get to wrestle around things. Dude, it was such a cool match, eh? Like I absolutely loved it. I thought it was just a complete banger by the pair of you. And like I said, not even in what I expected. I joked to you last time we talked that when I first see you, you're maybe like one of the biggest guys on the roster with the mask and everybody's thinking you're going to be coming out here choke slamming everybody like, Kane. But that's not the way you roll at all. No, no, that's fucking boring, man. Um, like standing in the middle and having guys bounce off. Is fun. Yeah, you like to get in there and work. Yeah, yeah, it's much more fun to be able to wrestle around Especially working submissions, it's a lot of fun. Speaking of submissions, so with your mixed uh, martial arts stuff, how long were you doing that, like, professionally? Um, maybe three or four years, I think. It wasn't that big here at the time when I got into it. I got into it when I was um, living in the Philippines. Oh, wow. I had a few fights there and came back to Melbourne. And we didn't even have a cage back then. It was uh, always on boxing shows, so it would be a kickboxing show or a boxing show that would have, like, one MMA fight in it. Yeah, right. Did you relocate to the Philippines for training? Yeah, yeah, I was there to learn um, this Filipino martial art called Anis, which mm-hmm. is um, native stick and dagger fighting. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, I was teaching um, in a gym there, some Taekwondo, and there was a guy there coaching MMA, so I got talking to him, ended up training with him, and um, ended up having my first fight a year later after that. Yeah, wow. So how does that entire scenario come out? come around like did you know somebody here that was from there and had done that or was it like kind of like communicating over the internet with somebody how do, how do you just pick up your life and move somewhere before then i was living in korea i was in korea for two years training in um Hapkido and another style and while i was there i got into uh, harness and Philippines. So what I actually need to do is rewind to when you first left the country to actively uh, <laughs> train in martial arts around the world. How many more countries were there before Korea? <laughs> I'm telling it backwards. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was it, man. Before that was just, I was growing up in a country kind of going to Taekwondo there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just my back's ago. Yeah, so so you did Taekwondo, get to a certain level, and then what, through contacts, through that, you move overseas to do additional training, and then through that, you met people or whatever, or contacts, and then went to the Philippines. Yeah, I just went there to train. Yeah. In general, I didn't have any kids. Mm-hmm. And how long were you there for? Two years. Two years. Yeah, right. Just like full-time, what, training in a gym and just training in martial arts? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How's the culture shock being a, a young Australian boy and then moving to the other side of the world to learn to beat people up? 
Um, it's, you know, it's adaptable, especially at that age. You're not really set in your ways yet, still discovering shit, learning shit. Mm-hmm. Whenever I have, like, you know, travelled in Japan and stuff, like, I always find that the culture shock for me is pretty huge and different, you know? Like, uh, have you ever been to Japan? Yeah, um, I went there, I think, two years ago. I wrestled over there at Underground Underwood. Yeah. Yeah, right, for pro wrestling. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, my first year into uh, wrestling, I went over there. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah. I liked it. Uh, the issues I had was I couldn't fucking work out there. Because I only <clears throat> just work out, like, as a chore. It's, it's just what I like to do. Yeah. And I went to a few gyms there. <clears throat> The first few were like super expensive. I can't remember how much fifty dollars a session. Mm-hmm. And I found Gold's gym. Like, Fuck yeah, I get to train finally. Yeah. Um. So I go in there and they say, no, you can't train because you have a tattoo. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. my arms. I ran outside and bought a long sleeve shirt and went back in there. And it's like, oh look, I can wear this so I can train. And still said, no, 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 because we know that you have a tattoo on <laughs> there. So you're not allowed to train. Fuck, <laughs> like, that was. A I think they're lightening up a little bit on it now, but I do remember one time like them going, oh, if you want to use the onsen, it's on the roof. You just go here. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I can. And like roll back my sleeve because I have like a sleeve tattoo and a hand tattoo and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, yes, no, you can't. <laughs> you're, you're not welcome. And I'm like, cool. I already knew we didn't need to go through it again. So. <laughs> but yeah, like... Yeah, so I've got... Uh, hang on, where's my camera? So I've got this... Uh, this gentleman bore on my hand and then it goes up into like these owls and uh, a lantern and a bunch of stuff. Um, Is there much of an issue over there other than that? It hasn't been for me, but I don't think I look like I could ever be a part of the Yakuza, so they're probably not worried about it. They're like this uh, small white guy with a huge red beard like that is clearly intoxicated. Like They're not really worried about it. You're a little bit more intimidating, so they may be concerned. <laughs> They're like, "Fuck, watch out!" But yeah, what I was saying was that when I um um there, you know, everybody, even in those situations, is so polite, so conscientious, and things like that. That when you come back to Australia, it can be a bit of a like, "Oh, that's right, this place sucks sometimes," you know. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. So so was it like after living? Uh, overseas, dealing with their cultures and and uh, the way things work, did you find that like coming back was a, a little bit to get used to in the way that people speak to each other here? Oh, no, after living in the Philippines, it was easy. Is it, <laughs> is it a bit rougher? I trying to fuck the whole time. Oh, really? Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> it's just how they get ahead. Right. Um, it's because I was living in a really poor area in Manila at the time, which was just around the corner from my gym. Okay. So there's like little street kids everywhere, uh, and everyone's sort of a grifter there. It's just how they are. It's life selling cigarettes on the side of the street. But, mm-hmm. um, they'll easily pocket you or put a knife to you. Or oh, right, Jesus. Any kind of yeah. Everyone's trying to rip you off there, mm-hmm. like taxi driver, especially being white, they think you have money. Yeah. But I have less money than they do. So the <laughs> yeah. Nah, yeah, I, I'm sure that would be like kind of a hectic environment. After a while, do they start to... Like, you're there for that long, they just know you kind of thing? Like, do the, the local street people just start to recognise, oh, he's that huge guy yeah, that just works he here? He's around the gym as well. Yeah. <clears throat> Where I was reading that, but, um, just travelling in general around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 
they, they start to understand it, it becomes like less of an issue. Yeah, yeah, they're not like this is some tourist mark who we can take advantage of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you you do all the mixed martial arts stuff, um, living overseas, training. Then you get out of. Why do you end up getting out of the mixed martial arts and start looking at pro wrestling? Um, I just got tired of competing in mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. Really got a weight cutting for starters, and um, yeah, I started working at the time more. So I was only working a few days a week just doing security on the side to fund mm-hmm. fighting when I actually had to work more. Yeah. Because bills and everything else was getting up. Mm-hmm. Um, I got more into freestyle wrestling, competing in that instead. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, a couple of years worth. And then when I was just done with competing in general, uh, just the world of competition, uh, wanting to still be active, and of course, Cracker Jack is still in wrestling. It's always kept me in the loop somewhat. Mm-hmm. And um, friend of mine, Kelly Ann, so, um, mm-hmm. of course, a really good wrestler as well. Yep. So mm-hmm. she suggested that I come to wrestling. Seemed like natural progression. Yeah. Family trade. <laughs> exactly. He'd already uh, set the set the way. And and you said your is it your younger brother also was wrestling too? No, I'm the youngest. Oh, you're the youngest. The one above me, formerly known as Logan, and then it's Cracker Jack. So. Right. Jill, I think, is <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. And so it it was a you've got friends that are doing it. You're wanting to still stay active, um, and just start uh, your hand at it. And being that you've done like a bunch of freestyle wrestling, you just found yourself taking to it and really enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it was always there in the <laughs> background. Yeah. Had you ever trained in pro wrestling at all before that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, must have been 13, and <clears throat> Cracker Jack was just getting into it. Mm-hmm. So we, me and my other brother Logan trained with him just like once a week for a few months. We went down in the dungeon where um, Ricky Diamond was taking classes. Okay. <laughs> out there once or twice. Uh, that was about it. That was just for a few months, and then nothing until eventually came back. Yeah. So it was, it was like kind of coming back into it fresh again. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And who uh, and so Kellyanne got got you into it. Who were you training with when you um, when you came into it? Um, I was training at Hitman's George's in uh, Sunshine mm-hmm. with Kellyanne, uh, Mad Dog, Prey. came in and trained for a bit, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Spike Steel, for anyone that remembers, one of the best wrestlers in the country at the time. Um, yeah. It was mainly those guys and, of course, George. Yeah. As he's there, but he can't really get the record wrestling. So it was either him or whoever else was there. Yeah. Now that, <clears throat> that's cool. And at, at which point were you, when you jump, so you're stuck in, how long is it? Was this, I think, sorry, everybody, I'm mi- maxing together like previous questions I've asked <laughs> and mixing it up. And I don't want to double over. I'm like, did I ask it this time? Um, so you started um, then. Competing uh, around 2018, is that right? You started doing shows. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And did you start on your own, or did you immediately start doing things with Crackers? Or was he 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 was out for a bit, right? So, or was he injured or retired? No, he uh, I can't really remember the timing. I'm not sure what he was doing at the time, but he'd already had his match with um, with Lucky, mm-hmm. um, his retirement match. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when I first got into it, I was solo. I didn't get um, linked up with Cracker Jack for maybe three or four months in mm-hmm. uh, when I was working at NAW. Yeah. Exactly. I, I love the, the team of the two of you. He's such a good talker. And you are too, I think. I think, I think you're quite an intimidating yell on you. Um, but his, uh, his promo after your match with Richie was uh, one of the most entertaining things I'd seen in a while. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's far more eloquent than I could have <laughs> Eloquent is a word for it. <laughs> All right. So I spoke to a, a lot of people at the Deathmatch Down Under fan hub on Facebook and uh, asked them if they want to ask you any questions. So you're ready for some uh, rapid-fire uh, kind of questions here that they've put to us? Um, yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Don't worry, I told you it's not a stitch-up. They're all, like, completely reasonable <laughs> questions, some of which I've asked you before, but we're doing this again fresh. So uh, the first one is from Roger, and he asks, how hard is it to keep up with the different storylines at the three to four different promotions that you're working at? Deathmatch Down Under, BCW, MCW, and VPW, to, may, uh, to name a few. Can it be a lot like living multiple personalities, or how are you travelling there? I don't know. There's only, there's only one story, and that's me going in there and destroying people. <laughs> so very easy, then. <laughs> yeah. It's not hard to keep track of. Yeah, yeah. You're like, so what am I doing? Just uh, beating everybody up? And they're like, yep. And you're like, cool, got it. <laughs> nice. Okay, next question from Kyle... He's asked, well, he's actually asked two. We'll let him have two. He's like, how long have you been wrestling for? And what's your favorite match in your career and why? Technically three even, Kyle, but that's fine. That's a bit fucking cheap. Yeah, I know. He's managed to, so so let's break that down. So how long have you been wrestling for total? I don't know. What did you say, 2018? 2018 is when it, when you uh, start appearing on Cage Match. So let's go 2018 you were competing from. So that one's knocked out. Um, so what's your favourite match in your career and why? Um, I don't know. Uh, I had this match in Japan early on in my career mm. at um, Underground against this Japanese guy named Fuki. Um, he told me I think he was the nephew or the grandson of the, the Great Muda. Oh, okay. When I wrestled him, it was in a ring that had um, chain as ropes. Yeah. It was like a UFI show. Mm-hmm. I was fighting. <clears throat> and it just felt like a real fight the whole time. Yeah. It didn't work at all. It was a fight. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, I mean... It's you... like that feeling of being in a fight when I'm in the ring. Yeah. You like it to be as realistic and as stiff as possible. Yeah. yeah, exactly. How was that as well, um, kind of communicating on something like that? Like, was there a big language barrier between the two of you? Oh, yeah. Um, before the match, just like, all right, <clears throat> you come in, you hit me hard, I'll hit you hard, then you hit me hard. Yeah, all right, cool. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's <see how> this <laughs> That's easy, no sports to remember. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Exactly. He's a, he was a, and he was obviously a pretty uh, hard hitting dude as well. Oh yeah, tough as fuck. Rattled yeah. the shit out of him when it hit me. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Then you just come out and you're best friends after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or or mortal enemies, depending how it went. Next question's from Edward. He said, "Oh, again." Snuck three questions in here, Edward, but it's fine. They're all based around the same thing. So uh, <laughs> it's kind of elaborates on the first one. So where did you get your mask made? Um, this guy from Snuff Masks called MC Cumbler. He's part of the 
duo um, Butcher's Harem from Melbourne, but he's in Greece now. Yeah, you right. Know, I got him to come and make it. So nice. He makes some really cool stuff. Yeah, awesome. Like masks and props and stuff. Yeah, everything gore-related, violent. I grew into that kind of thing. Yeah, right. And <laughs> if you know what's good for you. <laughs> Um, he said, uh, what's the inspiration behind it? So uh, was it something that you had saw that he made or was it something that you chose and kind of asked him to achieve? Um, no, it was something I'd asked him to do. I can't remember exactly what I asked him. It fit the description really nicely. He did a really good job. Um, like bits of exposed face, meat on meat. That kind of vibe. Um, and then, then he's asked, does it smell extra funky or can it be washed? <laughs> no, it cannot be washed. And it doesn't smell at all. Oh, okay. What's it, what's it made out of, like a silicone or something? Or? No, no, a really thick ton of latex. Yeah, okay. That's it. And do you have multiples or just the one? I have a few copies. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> they tend to rip sometimes, so I've got to get them patched up and then into the other one. Yeah, right, right, right. Have you Have you thought about any variations on it or, like, different designs? Yeah, I'm working on a few at the moment, but they take quite a while to get made. And then, of course, shipping from uh, Athens to Melbourne takes a long time at the moment. Yeah, especially, yeah, with the way the world is right now, it can't be super easy. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Oh, well, shout out to Cumblood. I hope him and his family are okay in all this crisis <laughs> that everything's been going on. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure how often people have got to say that sentence I just said, but here we are. Um Okay, and then uh, Beck asks, more mask talk, um, why do you wear the mask? No, it's fucking cool. Because <laughs> it's fucking cool, Beck. That's why. That's why. Um, yeah. Like, I guess some people think it's a mystery thing, but it isn't. I mean, I'd wrestle with it without it. Mm-hmm. I'd still be cool. I'd still be the snuff king. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah. It's just a look, the same way, I guess, uh, another awesome... Wrestler Big Van Vader wore his mask. It's like a uh, wall paint. Yeah. Wall garment. Some people paint their face, I like to wear the mask. Yeah, exactly. And when you think about Vader and stuff, he was never like protective of his identity or anything like that. He would fight, he'd get torn off in matches. He would fight, it wouldn't even matter. It was just about that like imagery, right? Yeah, that's right. Intimidation factor, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was the second part of her question. She said, would you ever take it off one day? But you answered that. Exactly. You don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Oh, I'm breaking the fourth wall of the podcast. I'm looking at his handsome face right now, and I, I think it'd be all right if he did. <laughs> it's a very attractive man over here, but intimidating. Uh, and then uh, Herator asks, if you know Herator, uh, shout out Herator from New Horizons, said, uh, Bastard Brothers Trio reunion and when? Um, probably never. <laughs> uh, uh, Logan's well and truly out of the game. Yeah, I think as much as he'd like to come back, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he sustained a pretty nasty back injury. Oh, really? I think his last show was the final Dragonfly event against Dowie, and then his back sort of went after that. It's, it's, hasn't gotten any better since. Really. Oh, that that's no good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, is he um, is he doing okay like day to day, and that he just can't wrestle, or is it no, like no, something that affects him? 
Huh? No, no, he's not in a wheelchair. Oh, okay, yeah. It's just uh, wrestling is the worst thing you can do for yeah. anyone in general. Wrestling <laughs> is the worst thing you can do for your body. Yeah. And especially if you're like, back injury, exacerbated by doing stupid things. Like, yeah. Taking suplexes. Yeah, it's a, not a not a good angle to land on, and even uh, imagine if you got back injuries, even just like something as simple as running the ropes is no joke. All right, man. The uh, the the last thing I ask on my podcast lately, I've been doing the last thing, is just what are you feeling in wrestling at the moment? So, is there a match uh, that you've watched? Is there a, a another wrestler that you're admiring? You, just something that's inspiring you at the moment or really digging? Like if someone was like, what's good in wrestling right now and you were going to recommend something, what would you pick? Um, well, I don't watch any modern wrestling apart from local wrestling. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess if I'm going to watch wrestling, I'm going to watch stuff like, as I mentioned earlier, the Steiners or um, the Legit Grapplers or I've been watching a lot of um, Dr. Death, Steve Williams lately. Yeah. Really mm-hmm. like his. But um, I guess in terms of what, what did you say? Inspiring or something to watch? Yeah, exactly. If you were just going to recommend, dude, you've got to check this out, or you know, or I watched this thing and it it made it made me think of doing something cool, or or I liked it, or whatever. You know, just something that re- that resonates with you. It doesn't need to be something you've watched recently. It could be like an all time favorite match, or it could be you know whatever. No rules, but just like something you really dig in wrestling to share. Just watching the greats, mm-hmm. I guess, <clears throat> like the guys I mentioned previously. Mm-hmm. It's always good. It's always hard-hitting wrestling. I think there's a lot to get, uh, gain from that. The realism as well. These guys were fucking hard. They really laid everything in and everything looked real because it was all based off um, shoot wrestling. Yeah. A catch wrestling, that kind of thing. Um, I really struggle to get into the, I guess, like popular wrestling at the moment. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of check kicks and spot fests and they do a lot of really awesome shit, really impressive stuff, but at the end of the match, I can't remember what they do because it's just too much. Yeah. 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 You prefer the grittier, more realistic based stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that, that's awesome. You Do you, um, being that you're in Deathmatch Down Under and stuff, do you ever check out any uh, of the Deathmatch promotions? Do you ever check out something like an ICW No Holds Barred? Uh, their Pit Fighter X stuff is pretty strong style, or GCW, or Big Japan or Freedoms or anything. Any of that stuff resonate with you? I watch some of Bloodsport, mm-hmm. um, Josh Bunn, yep. promotion. I really like some of that. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the newer guys I like be like Jeff Cobb's really good. Yeah. See, this is the hardest part of my podcast where I just put you on the spot and make you remember something. It's the same as if I go, hey, here's my uh, phone we're about to drive. Just put on the best song you can think of. And then you're like, I don't actually know songs. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I I like working in a music store. Someone's like, play me something. And I'm like, but I don't know any songs of music. (laughs) It just goes completely blank. You know, you cannot remember. (laughs) Exactly. Well, everybody... This has been my conversation with Gore. We're coming up to the juice is worth the squeeze, the big deathmatch down under heavyweight championship tournament in the first round, Gore versus Tommy Knight. And I'm sure he has plans to go absolutely all the way. Am I correct in saying that, my man? Yeah. Exactly. Ready to go. Is this going to be your first full tournament or have you done this stuff before? No, never done a tournament before. Really excited to battle Tommy Knight. He's a big guy that hits super hard, fucking strong. 
Yeah. It's going to be amazing. And that's what you're about. It's going to be an absolute hoss fest. So everybody, make sure you check it out. Get on IWTV. Use the code DMDU. Uh, get those free days if you haven't signed up before. Do yourself a favor and check out this two-day tournament for Deathmatch Down Under and watch the Snuff King Gore go head-to-head with one of the best in Tommy Knight and then mince his way through the competition, I'm absolutely sure. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much for your time. A second time, you're an absolute legend. No worries, man. Thanks, man. No worries. Literally any time. So for the Snuff King Gore, for Faces and Feels, remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Peace out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been Faces and Feels. Check us out on social media, at Faces Feels Cast on Instagram, at Faces Feels Cast on Twitter, or send us an email to facesandfeels at gmail.com. Until then, peace out.